His day begins with a drive through stop at McDonald's for his regular order of a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit, a $3.17 breakfast, which he pays for with exact change to enjoy on the way to his Omaha-based office. I'm, of course, talking about revered businessman, generous philanthropist, and one of the most successful investors in the world, Warren Buffett. Episode 24 is simply an episode ranking our favorite Warren Buffett quotes. Welcome to the F-Sharp Podcast, presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared to educate you on all things financial. Co-hosts Tanner Bortnam and Adam Henning discuss various financial topics presented in a consumable and entertaining manner. Tanner is a certified financial planner, JD, and financial expert, while Adam is a marketing professional and small business owner. It's time to harmonize. Sit back and enjoy the episode. Your future self will thank you. Welcome to episode 24 of the Financially Sharp podcast presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared towards making you more financially literate. I'm Adam Henning, marketing professional and small business owner, and I'm joined as always with co-host, certified financial planner, JD, and industry expert, Tanner Bortnam. Tanner, how are we doing today? Not too bad. How are you, Adam? I'm doing wonderful. It's the uh, first week of August 2022 as we release the 24th episode of the F-Sharp podcast. Yeah, you in tip-top shape. Don't you have a race coming up? Getting there, yes. It's coming very, <laughs> very, very quickly. I feel like um, I ramped up training like 42 days out, and I was like, I probably should have been pressing, cranking that up a little bit sooner. But yeah, August 12th is uh, the second rendition of our Ragnar race. So we'll be running from St. Paul to Duluth, Minnesota, 12 of us um, tag team in 200-ish is, miles. Is it always the same route or they change it every year? No, no. they cha- Well, for the most part, it's the same route, but the legs change a little bit just because the, um, the transitions between runners um, are highly... Um, reliant upon businesses and parks and kind of locations. And I'd say about a third or 40% of them are businesses. So they have to get permission for the businesses to let them use the parking lot and kind of take over their space and everything. So, um, but it's always fluctuate. It's always from St. Paul to Duluth. Yeah, they do different. Um, this one's called Ragnar, Minnesota. So there's there's races in different different areas of the country, and we've wanted to do different areas so that that might be future cool. years. But yeah, for the most part, they this one is just a road race from St. Paul to to Duluth. So, uh, yeah, this will we're we're switching it up a little bit just so our runners don't run the same legs because I'm. Like I said, I was pitching to change it because I, I I literally will have PTSD if I'm on the same same road at two in the morning running ten miles. Somewhere. Yeah, I was I gonna say, didn't again. you have to run at night both times? Yeah, and, uh, the first first leg I ran eight point six at two p.m. and it was so hot. Um, and then uh, my second leg was at two a.m. Uh, for nine point nine or something like 
like that in the pouring rain. Um, and that was literally in the middle of nowhere off the, the side of the highway in rural Minnesota. Um, six of it was on the highway. And then the last three, three and a half was on a dirt road. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which turned into mud. So yeah, we're, we're going to switch it up. It's, it was a good time. Um, and then uh, we'll see if I run another half after that. In October last year, I ran a half marathon. So, yeah, I think I'm in better shape this year. So hopefully, run faster. Well, good. I can best tell shape you of my life. B S O M L season. Let's go. I was gonna say I can tell you you're in better shape than me, regardless of whether you improve your times or not. Let's go for a run. No, I don't. I don't do that. Uh, this year, this, this year I've integrated more track training and more like speed workouts, which should be more a part of your workout and holy cow. Cause like I, I, I go to YouTube and look for, it's stupid, self-deprecating because you, you look for, you know, people that are good at their, their craft. So like Olympians and you're like, oh, their, their times are really fast and I'm really freaking slow. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah. It's been, they, I'm like, God, they run a 400 for how fast for like literally tr like training, not even like full out sprint. They're running 60 second 400s. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. All right. Well, yeah. Enough of me talking about running. Nah, good luck with that. That's exciting. I hope you crush it. You can come and be one of our drivers. That is a thing. Yeah, when you guys come down and do Ragnarok Phoenix, I'll drive you around. I think there is a... I think the Southwest, there's more trail runs, which would be a totally different beast. Just because of elevation and all that fun stuff. But I'll, sure. I'll, I'll take you up on that. Okay. Or just come visit about? us. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds uh, less sweaty. That's right much much more relaxing um well today we are doing an episode in um honor of one of the well not one of the greatest investor of all time uh someone i've read a lot of his books um it's a person that i try to emulate in terms of how i think about investments and how i run my business for clients um, and if you're not sure who I'm talking about yet, that is Warren Buffett, the Oracle of Omaha. And so what Adam and I have done is, uh, we've put together a list of eight, um, each of us did eight of our favorite, uh, sayings that Warren Buffett has. We had some duplicates, so then we rock, paper, scissors of who got to keep it. And then the other person had to find another one. Um, but we're just going to kind of go through those. Some of them are pretty self-explanatory. Some of them, maybe we'll say why it's you know our favorite others. We might discuss a little bit more, uh, if there's more kind of substance to it, but, uh, really just wanted to, I mean, there, there's so much from this man that, that, I mean, even the 16 things we're going to put out there won't do it justice. Um, if you're not familiar with Warren Buffett, or even if you are, I, I definitely think it's worth, um, you know, reading anything you can on the man because a lot of his um, sayings, as you'll see as we go through here, they're not 
they apply to finances, but they mo- they also apply to life, and you can you can take them in a lot of different ways, and they they really work. Um, so really, just a inspiring guy. Obviously, he's done very well for himself, and and um, lived a really good life. So someone that we should all try to emulate a little bit more. So a simple man. That's right. Very simple. Lived in the same house since nineteen like. 58 i think it is something like yeah, and that he still still drives his buick to mcdonald's and gets what yep. like a sausage mcmuffin and a uh, orange juice every day or something like well, that well i think there's it rotates between either two or three of them but he knows exactly what the price is and he yep, tells exact he tells change. his wife yeah you know oh, i'm gonna get a number three today and so they have the exact <laughs> change out so he can get it every morning so uh, cool. Well, you want to start or you want me to go first, Adam? Uh, you can go first. All right. So number eight, we've ranked them least favorite of the favorites to our favorite. Uh, so starting at number eight, uh, with mine, uh, one of the things he said a few years ago at a shareholder meeting was, you know, don't be a fear monger. Um, and definitely, uh, I would say that this one got added to my list, um, uh, mainly because of, what we've all, you know, experienced over the last few years. And it seems like everything just continues to be in the media more and more and more about fear and anger. And, you know, not, not the sky isn't always falling, um, but it definitely seems like the media and society thinks that way most often. And not everything is, is dire. Not everything is you know, the worst case scenario. And so I just think that that's a good Good statement and something that we should all kind of live by is, you know, just that. Don't don't be a fear monger. Not everything's the worst worst case scenario. Try to find the good in things. I feel like we're selling that one short by ranking it eight. But <laughs> well, hey, you could have taken it and ranked it higher. <laughs> Rock, Touché. paper, scissors. Touche. <laughs> and feel free to chime in on on mine. You're definitely more well read on him. Um and have read more of his stuff. Yeah. But uh, my list is more, obviously you said the finances, but my list is more geared towards just his life, like the life advice. And I, it's amazing. Like just seeing his little snippets on Instagram or Facebook or wherever you see his stuff. And he's still coming out and philosophizing and, and saying amazingly relevant and giving advice. And it's probably, that probably sounds stupid. He, you probably, he's lived a long life. He, wise in his old age so maybe we should listen to him um even as he gets older but my number eight is never invest in a business you don't understand i believe he you might be able to give the history of all these um quotes tanner but i believe he said or associated this one again with cryptocurrency um and um he he doesn't mess with it because he doesn't understand how it works. Um, but I did remember seeing one very recently. He was talking about he was comparing cryptocurrency with just a regular asset and how he doesn't like cryptocurrency because he relies on um, another another person paying more for it. It has no intrinsic value. So correct, your loss or gain is is entirely uh, hinged upon somebody buying it for higher price. Correct. Um, so yep. that's why that one made the list for me. Yep. When and he said that for quite a while. I just add a little bit. Um, he, you know, got made fun of. I'll uh, 
I'll say, or got kind of picked on for his returns not being as high when the markets do very, very well, because a lot of that is tech-driven. Tech. Um, yeah. And he he was really slow at adopting Apple. I mean, he has a huge share in Apple now, but it's because he understands the business. But when it first came out, you know, he is more of a brick and mortar. He's more of a, you know, consumer staples, the things that he understands and grew up with. And he didn't understand Apple and, and the business model. And he's mentioned that, like he, you know, got it wrong. He should have got into Apple a lot sooner, but he won't get into something that he doesn't understand because that adds risk. And he feels if he understands it um, completely, then he will, you know, not that it's guaranteed to make money, but at least you know what you're getting into a lot better. So uh, moving on to my number seven, uh, another life lesson here. So uh, he says, be skeptical. If something looks too good to be true, it likely is. Now, that is not inherently created by Warren Buffett. I've heard that numerous times throughout life. I'm sure we all have. Uh, but it was just him reiterating that, you know, there's no get rich quick scheme out there. Um, you know, things take time and you have to put in hard work and effort. And if you're hearing about a get rich quick scheme um, from someone who has gotten rich quick, they were the first adopters and probably put in a bunch of time. And for you getting in now at a later stage in the game, not going to have the same results. So, um, yeah, just be skeptical of of what what you're hearing, what you're you know thinking about purchasing, you know, any of those things. Um, and that way, you know, hopefully, you won't get taken. Even more and more. Um applicable as we live in a microwave society yeah very much so my number seven is risk comes from not knowing what you're doing i think that's pretty self-explanatory but i always apply it to like a business or a business loan um if you're not knowing what you're doing with the business or, or how to operate the business or the skill of the business um the riskiness of owning that business becomes even more risky if you're going down a path that uh, you, you don't know what you're doing. But I'm assuming that that also has more of a um, an investing implication with investing in, in securities or stocks that um, or um, to call back another episode of um, help me out here with short sales, short sales and oh, come on the day trading, day trading and all that kind of stuff. So. Oh, and uh, like GameStop, that episode. Yeah. Do you uh do you know the genesis of that quote or what he was the context of that? Uh, no, I don't know what you're trying to, um, what you're trying to get at there of what he he said something about GameStop. No, I'm just saying the the, the context of the the risk comes from not oh. what you're doing. Oh, so I'm just gotcha. trying to figure out what the um, doing part of that statement is. Well, it, I think it goes hand in hand with your number eight. And, and I kind of alluded to that when I was talking about it. You know, never invest in a business you don't understand sure. because yeah. it adds risk. And risk comes from not knowing what you're doing because you didn't do the work to understand the business that you're buying or the thing that you're doing or whatever. If you know what you're getting into, the risk is as low as it's going to be. It's still there, but you're accepting it and you know what it is versus 
just doing something blindly, you don't know what the, the risk of that is. So uh, moving on to number six for me. Um, I love this. I try to do this for clients. Um, and he says, our favorite holding period is forever. Um, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, uh, you know, compound interest and just buying really, really good companies or really good ETFs and letting that compound interest work for you and not day trading. Um, you know, on the day trading epi episode that we did, uh, you know, we talked about that how Warren Buffett is the greatest investor in the history of the world. And he buys, he wants to be an owner. He buys and holds, you know, onto companies or stock rather than trying to day trade and, you know, beat the market and do all these things over the short term because there's enough risk built into any trade that you place that trying to make multiple, multiple, multiple ones, you know, all the time, you're just increasing that probability of getting it wrong. And so um, I love this. I try to do it with my own money. I try to do it with clients' money that I manage. Um, you know, we want to be in good areas. Doesn't mean you don't make sales. It doesn't mean that you stay in something that's terrible because times change. You always have to reanalyze things. And Warren Buffett would say the same thing. You have to reanalyze and sometimes you have to get out of things or you made the wrong decision. But the best decisions um, or the best outcomes is when you make a decision and you're able to hold on to that asset forever. You all right over there? <laughs> sorry, I tipped over my water bottle, but the cap was on. I thought the cap, oh, cap sorry. was all right. Crisis averted. Crisis averted. All right. My number six is never depend on single income. Make investment to create a second source. I think that's a great one. Um, alluding to you know savings, uh, investing, but also potentially maybe even a second source of or a third source of of income, passive income. That's what I applied it to um, for me and and my my side stuff. So um, that was number six for me. Yep, I like that. Not a lot. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Not a lot to add to that. Just any extra sources of income are obviously good things, um, especially when they are passive and you don't have to work extra hours to, to do that. Uh, number five for me is it's during hard times that winners and losers are exposed. Uh, and I really like this one uh, for, for two reasons. Um, number one, it's you know, if you think about it from a market standpoint, we're currently in a hard time. Uh, you know, stocks that everyone thought were winners but really weren't, they're getting crushed. And stocks that truly are winners, they're still down. Some are up, um, but some really good companies are still down, but they're not down as much. They're just down because the whole market is down. And so it's, um, you know, you can look at it from that standpoint of the market. And I, I also think, you know, keeping it in the financial world, you can probably extrapolate this out to, you know, any industry, but I'm just going to keep it in, in mine. And I think that can be said about your advisor. It's in times, you know, it's during hard times that you find out how good they are 
when markets are going up and everything's rosy, it's easy to be an advisor. And it's easy to say that you're great and it's easy to, you know, because everybody's making money. Um, but it's during the hard times that you really find out, do you have a good financial plan? Is your advisor there? Are they there and available to you? And taking your phone call, are they helping walk you through situations you know, like this and making sure that you keep following that financial plan? Um, you know, and, and it, it's just something that I see a lot of, um, and a lot of, you know, unfortunately disappointed prospective clients who are reaching out to me, I get a lot more phone calls from new prospective clients when things are bad than I do when things are good. And it's because they're disappointed with their, you know, their current advisor. And, and that's when you find out who's good, who's good and who's not. So don't, uh, don't always shy away from the hard times. You learn a lot. Did you ever watch Friday Night Lights, the TV show? I did not. Oh, sorry. You won't get the, <laughs> then you won't get the reference. That's all right. But. You can still say it for our listeners. Well, I mean, uh, one of the main characters, Tim Riggins, kind of the meathead football player, kind of steals a line that is basically the a reformatted version of that quote. And he just said, when all the scared rats are leaving a sinking market, that's when a real entrepreneur preneur steps in a true, <laughs> true visionary um and he was just echoing and and stealing it from somebody else um sure so not the academic type but then he pulls this line and kind of yeah that's i thought of that when you pulled that quote so anyways you should watch that show it's awesome all right <laughs> uh it still holds up too um even though it's couple years old but number five for me is um i believe the context of this quote he's talking about just possessions in general and, and spending money um but he says but in some cases i feel the possession possesses them rather than the other way around um and this this quote for me just as a reminder to um invest money and in, in values into experiences versus possessions um and and limit the the debts and the the um, the spending habits um, for our family unit units. So um, maybe be a little bit more modest when it comes to to cars and material things. So that one um, is is a good and important uh, reminder for me. Yeah, I like that one too. I know we've talked about it on previous episodes of you know uh, the the day and age we're in of uh, social media and all the pressure to feel like you have to have the nicest car because someone else does or you need to go on the you know longest vacation because someone else was on a yacht and wherever or you know the biggest house or any of that stuff um you know as we mentioned at the beginning warren buffett has lived in the same house because it's big enough i mean it's not a it's not a small house it's not a huge mansion either but it's what he needed and it's been the same house and it's provided what he needed, you know, the shelter for since 1958-ish, somewhere in there um, that's ringing a bell. And yeah, I think that it's just, it's, it's really great. And we all should live by that a little bit more because think about how many possessions, you know, we needed three years ago that we're throwing away right now. You know, so if you don't, that, and that's kind of how I view it. Um, I, if I'm throwing something out and I got it within the last couple of years, it's, um, you know, 
you look back and you're like, you shouldn't have made that purchase because it's obviously wasn't a, a necessity. So, um, all right, number four for me. Now, this one's a, a little crude, but it, it is what he said. Um, I think it was at a shareholder meeting, I don't know, 10, 10 years ago or something. But um, what he said is, no matter how great the talent or efforts, some things just take time. You can't produce a baby in one month by getting nine women pregnant. Now, again, <laughs> uh, it's like I said, it's a little crude, but I think it it hits home and, you know, really drives the point that we is and, and we hit on it a little bit earlier too. like this microwave society that we're in of everything has to be instantaneous gratification, instantaneous results, get rich quick schemes like that just those don't work that doesn't work out like some things just take time and a lot of these i know are interconnected and if you just go back and you know buy something and you hold it forever it's gonna take some time you know stocks don't just go up a hundred percent overnight and if they do that's an anomaly or they're gonna come right back down like we saw with uh gamestop and amc and all of those day trading ones you know a year and a half ago so I think we all, I struggle with it as well, but, uh, you know, I think we all could work on our patience, um, and just making those well thought out decisions and then letting them do their thing and just letting it take time to, you know, produce and, and, uh, have your, your financial plan be successful for you. Number four for me is never test the depth of the river with both feet. Um, this is alluding to risk, I would assume, and uh, making sure you have one foot on stable ground while you test a, a new um, new avenue or new investment. Um, don't go all in right at once. Test, test the depth, see how deep it is, see if you can uh, swim, and, and then go in um, both both feet. I, I took that one more of a um, a life life quote versus investment. Yeah, yeah, I I like that. I think you like you said. But it earlier, could be applied to both too. I mean, I it could. It, yeah, it could. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't have tons extra to add to that one. I think you you did well with that. So, uh, moving up to number three for me. Um, this one also is really relevant, and I think that it's as high as it is, again, based on where we are. You know, this is beginning of August 2022 in case, you know, someone happens to be listening to this six months, 12 months, you know, a year from now type of a thing. Um, but it it is very prevalent to what's happening right now. And what he said is, today, people who hold cash equivalents feel comfortable, but they shouldn't. They've opted for a terrible long-term asset, one that pays virtually nothing and is certain to depreciate in value. And the reason I have this so high on my list, again, is because of right now, and I get that question sometimes from clients of should we have gotten out of the markets and gone to cash? Um, I hear that a lot on you know, CNBC and different places that you should take your money out and you should put it in cash. And... You know, if you would have done that eight months ago when the market was at the top, you'd be a genius because 
you wouldn't have been down 20, 25% like the market is. But, you know, to time that perfectly, no one does that. Or if you did, it was luck. So, and, and, and also, I guess I should state too, you wouldn't be down 20, 25% like the market is, but you would be down eight, nine percent because of inflation, because you're not earning anything on it. So you're very safely going poor because you're losing to inflation. Um, you know, we don't know where the markets are going to go, but eventually they go back up. They always have. They always will. And if you miss that boat and you don't get back in with that cash, you're going to miss those gains and you're actually going to be net behind. And so, again, I know a lot of these tie together, like I just said on my previous one, but it goes back to just buying good things and holding them forever or as long as you can. Cash is trash is what I tell clients. We need to have enough cash for your emergency fund and for any major expenses that we know that are coming up. But after that, it is losing you money to inflation every year because the banks aren't paying you anything to have your money parked in savings. So you are very safely, like I said, very safely going poor at currently, you know, eight, nine percent because inflation is so high right now. In other years, it's a lot less, it's slower, but it's still two to 3% that inflation eats away at that because the assets don't go up. So I know that his saying was a little long, but if you want to shorten it and just remember that cash is trash, then that works like too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cash only. That's right. I can make movie quotes on all these, but I won't save that one. I won't say that. Coneheads, no? Nope, I didn't get that one either. Sorry. <sighs> you need to watch Coneheads. Um, three? Three. Yep. yep. Three for me. Do not save what is left after spending, but spend what is left after saving. Uh, this one. Yes. The, the, the last three for me are just one, one A, B, and C. Um, this one is so important for us. It's kind of re, uh, flipping the triangle or the priority triangle pyramid upside down and and saving first and then spend what's um left and making saving a priority or investing in priority instead of back to number five for me the possessions um because if you spend first then those possessions start to possess you so three and five kind of correlate for me um and that is has really um changed the way we've Again, going back to the why, man, the whole the whole purpose of this podcast, Tanner, I keep bringing it up. It's a that's right. Find your why. So <laughs> big part of our why. Yep, and I love this one too. Uh, you may have heard this. Uh, you know, any of our listeners may have heard this as "pay yourself first. Uh, you may have heard that saying yep. before, yep. Um, but it is. It's so true. When you get that paycheck, you know, whether it's a four hundred one k or an IRA or you know whatever you have going on you should be putting money into that retirement account or that that investment account, whatever your financial plan says, and you do that first. And then whatever is left in your account is what you can live off of and you know, all play money, all other expenses that is built into your financial plan. And if you get the money out first and pay yourself first, you're not tempted 
by even being in there and being like, well, this is on sale because, you know, a couple of weeks ago was Amazon Prime Day. And, you know, I mean, they entice you with a lot of really neat things. And if that money isn't even there to spend, you don't have to worry about spending it. But if it's in there, now you're tempted. Well, I'm supposed to put $500 into my IRA this month, but Amazon Prime Day looks really fun. Maybe I'll skip this month and buy some cool stuff. Um, so yeah, l- absolutely love this one. Good choice, Adam. Sad I lost it. Rock, paper, scissors on that. Oh, where would it be in yours? <laughs> uh, pr- probably about the same. Um, okay. Yeah, I would actually say it would have been third because I, I love these this next two of mine. Um, and for me, they're, they're one, yeah, one A and one B. Um, so number two for me, um, is the most important investment you can make in your, is in yourself. And he says, read and think a lot. Um, I, I love this. I think that it's so true. You know, we just did a podcast on student or, or an episode on student loans. Uh, it was our previous one. And we, you know, in there, I talk about how much I value education. Um, I think it's one of this, one of, if not the single greatest asset that we all have. The more that we all can learn, the better we are, not just for ourselves, but for our families, for our kids, for our society, you know, for your friends, anything. There, There is... I don't know if someone could come up with a reason to not be smarter, that there is a benefit to learning. And so I just love that Warren Buffett hits, you know, talks about this and, you know, tries to encourage people to keep learning. I mean, the guy's, I think he's 91 or 92, and he still has 60 to 75% of his day is reading. I mean, the guy is billions and billions and billionaire and he runs, you know, Berkshire Hathaway and he has thousands of employees. And again, is he micromanaging all that? No, he has managers and different people, but he's he's the head of one of the greatest companies out there and he still finds time to read over 50% of his day. You know, think about that. I try to just schedule... 20 minutes a day and I struggle to do that you know because I think I'm too busy I mean so you know we all could do better at taking time improve yourself um, and keep reading and keep thinking about things and keep challenging yourself um, which I'll put a plug in for a future episode when we talk about the book think again by Adam Grant that's on the docket for us to go over Um, think a lot Challenge yourself. Challenge your thoughts. It, you know, is what what you're thinking accurate? Are there other, you know, other ways to view the situation or view what's going on? Uh, makes you more well-rounded. Helps you appreciate where other people are coming from. So I I love that one. Comes down to the two D's for me: determination and discipline. Yep. Number two for me is. So elegant, elegantly put, um, it's, wow, it's, uh, it's just awesome. Um, he says, someone is sitting in the shade of a tree today because someone planned a tree a long time ago. Um, and that, I think, speaks to 
Um, let's see. What was your your long term one? Was it number four or five? But is kind of taking a step back of whatever you're dealing with with the details or the problem, and and kind of being visionary and and seeing what you can do to better yourself tomorrow or somebody else t- tomorrow um, and have a, a long-term plan for something um, and not try to solve the problem um, today. So um, that's uh, one B or two for me. Someone is sitting in the shade of a tree today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. I like it. I like it. Good choice. All right. Drum roll. Um, all right. So number one for me, uh, hopefully you all have heard this. It is one of the best pieces of advice for investing yet. Somehow most people still manage to not follow it and not remember it at times when it's most important. And what Warren Buffett says is he always wants to be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. And what he means by this is when things are euphoric and the market is on an uphill climb going almost straight up and everything seems to be roses and cryptocurrencies at $65,000 per Bitcoin and everything is great. That's when he starts to get a little fearful because nothing is ever perfect. Nothing is ever that good. But when people are very fearful of the markets, which is where we currently are, a lot of selling, a lot of people trying to get out, they can't take it anymore. They don't know what's what's to come. This is when Warren Buffett gets greedy and he goes buying. He goes on a shopping spree because everything is on sale. Uh, During 2007 and 2009 financial crisis, Warren Buffett made a deal. Now, again, we can't make these deals because we don't have the kind of assets he does. But when the banks were having their issues, he made a deal where he gave money as a debt to, I believe it was Wells Fargo. And he got you know, a set interest rate. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he got a pretty good interest rate back like a bond, but it was a convertible bond where he could purchase up to a certain amount of shares, which was a ton of them. He could purchase Wells Fargo stock at a price of that day where Wells Fargo was in the toilet. And it was, I mean, it was, it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. He could sit on these options to do this, making it income. And when Wells Fargo came back up, he then was able to buy in at a much lower price that was already pre-negotiated than where the market was. You know, when when things are bad, he's looking for reasons to buy. And that is so true right now. We don't know where the markets are going to go. Um, I don't know if they're going to go down further. I don't know if they're going to go up from here. None of us know that. Um, As I've said before, if someone tries to tell you that they do know that, run far away from them because they don't know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, you know, really it's, it's, you know, you're 
things are on sale, do we think the markets are going to be lower five, 10 years from now than they are right now? And the answer to that is a very, very small chance that that's the case. So you're buying things on sale. Be greedy when others are fearful. And maybe more importantly, when everything seems, and it kind of goes back to a little bit of one of my earlier ones, when things start to seem to be too good to be true, when everything is euphoric and everyone is being greedy because they don't, you know, the FOMO, fear of missing out, and everyone's buying stuff and everything's going up and the prices are getting so expensive, maybe that's time to be a little fearful because there, there's always a correction. There's always, you know, something around the corner. And so um, that one is, I try to, you know, really live that one in in what I do and how I structure client portfolios. Um, you know, we're just always trying to not follow the sentiment of panic of society, but instead trying to do, you know, what Warren would do. WWWWB? <laughs> what would... D. Yeah, D. There you go. (laughs) WWWBD. Oh, nice. Hey, I just coined my own one. Uh, My my number number one quote is pretty simple. It reads, you are your own best asset. Um, And to me, did you ever listen to or have now to the CD? Tanner, we're gonna uh, I don't know if we had now two, but I I know when now one, two, three, four, all the way up to however many they've made. Yes, I'm yeah, familiar with it. Irrelevant, but when I see that quote, I I'm taken back to the Everybody's Free song, track 18 by Baz Luhrmann. It's not even a song. It's um, Baz Luhrmann's uh, graduation speech um, in the class of '99. Uh, but I associated it with it a lyric in that or a, a part of his speech where he said, use your body. It's uh, let me see here. I've got it here. Enjoy your body. Use it every way you can. Don't be afraid of it or what other people think of it. It's the greatest instrument you'll ever own. So I associated that with uh, Warren Buffett saying of your, your own best asset, um, use your brain, use your body, critically think, put everything that we just laid out and use the other seven quotes, whatever, learn, read like Tanner's, some of Tanner's choices were, um, it all comes down to you. All this, all this information, all this advice that he gives us is, is completely irrelevant if you don't take it, consume it and put it to action. So, um, wherever you are, it's up to you to, to either keep it going or, or make it better. If it's, if it's not going well, um, it's up to you to change it. So, um, that's why it's number one for me. I think it just transcends and, and brings everything together. So probably not his most unique or profound quote, but um, I just think it ties everything together for me. So, Well done, sir. That was very inspirational. I, I'm inspired. Yeah, I am too. Just listening to that. Um, we're just going to go ahead. Too bad it's almost and... 11 o'clock and I have to go to bed because <laughs> well, I'm just raring to go. Sorry, maybe it was the two Red Bulls you had, but we're going <laughs> to leave it on that because I don't want to ruin that inspiration for any of our listeners. Well done. Great way to close out this episode. All right. 
We hope that was inspirational. It was helpful. Whatever it was for you, thanks for listening. Uh, If you haven't yet, please like and subscribe. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a five-star review. It helps uh, our podcast, and we appreciate it very much. If you have any questions or suggestions, or maybe you want to shoot us your favorite Warren Buffett quote, shoot us an email at podcast at financiallysharp.com. That's podcast at financiallysharp.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. This podcast does not engage in rendering legal, tax, financial, or other professional services. Investment advisory services are offered through Harmony Wealth, a registered investment advisor authorized to do business in states where registered or otherwise exempt from registration. If you have questions pertaining to your specific situation, please contact Harmony Wealth at 602-935-5155 or at HarmonyWealthAZ.com. Bye. That'll be at the end.